morning. The only love that'll last forever. Amen. Amen. We're so glad to be in the house this morning to worship our King and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we're so glad that you're here. So if you don't mind, just high five your neighbor and say, welcome home. Welcome home. High five somebody on our way behind you and say, welcome home as you grab your seat briefly. We're so glad that you're here this morning. And we just want to uh, say a special welcome to our first time guests here with us. We want to say welcome home to you as well, whether you're in, you're here with us in person to watching online, or maybe you've been here for a few Sundays and you just haven't got that connected yet. We just want to welcome you. So can we give it up for our guests this morning? Give them a Dothan first welcome. There's a, there's a few things we would like for you to do if you are in that category. One of the things we want you to do right now is pull out your phone and text D1 text to the number 84576, or you can scan the QR code on the screen, uh, or you can grab the connect card in the uh, seat pocket in front of you, and please fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having. We want to follow up with you and welcome you to our family. And there's a number of things that you can do with that D1 text as well. You can, you can get connected. You can uh, tell us about prayer requests. You can tell us some testimonies or your stories, sign up for growth track or baptism. But the most important thing that we want you to do with us is connect with us. So if you do grab a connect card, also as we're exiting for, at the end of service today, you can drop that connect card in the giving boxes as you exit located in the back of the room. But if you're a first time guest and you haven't got connected, we would love, love for you to meet our pastors in our guest reception area. And that's going to be in the room to the left, right beside the lobby. It says guest reception. We would love to follow up with you that way. So Dothan First, can we welcome our guests one more time? So glad that you're here. We also want to keep you keep you updated with a lot of things that we have going on. We always have things going on here, and we're so excited about what God is doing in our church. But we do want to remind you that this Tuesday, somebody say Tuesday, is midterm elections. And that's November the 8th. Uh, people died for our right to vote. Amen? And so I, I just want to say it this way, that your voice is your vote. And so we want you to use your, vo your voice this Tuesday to uh, communicate uh, to, to everybody that we want to make our voice be heard. So please, this Tuesday, November 8th, uh, please go out and vote. Also on November the 19th is Feed Dothan. This is one of our big outreaches that we do as a church for us to feed families during this Thanksgiving season. We're thankful for what God has done in our lives, so we want to extend that gratitude to them for our God and our Savior. And this is just one way that we do a personal touch to extend the love of Jesus to families during this time. So you can pick up your boxes today in the lobby. You see, if you're Again, if you haven't been with us or been a part of that, you'll see a, a pile of boxes right there in the lobby to the left as you exit. So please grab your boxes. They cost about $50 a box. That's all it takes to feed a family. So we want to encourage you to do that. Uh, you will... You will see an example in the lobby as well of everything that needs to be put in the box because if you do pick one up and you don't see a packing list, please make sure you grab one. We want to make sure that everything that is on that list goes in that box. And then you can also sign up to serve or scan the QR code that's out there. We want to get as many people to extend the hands of Jesus as possible. So please come help us serve on that day, November the 19th. And please have all your boxes back by Sunday, November the 13th in preparation for Feed Dothan. And then we also want to let you know that every Wednesday night we affectionately call family night. Somebody say family. See, I'm just preparing you to talk back to Pastor Mark this morning because if you talk back to him, he gets done faster. 
Amen? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's going to be a great word, but every Wednesday we call it Family Nights here at 630 in the main building and in the FLC. We have everything from nursery for your little ones, boys and girls ministry, youth ministry for 6th uh, six, sixth grade through 12th grade, uh, brotherhood and sisterhood, which is our male and female classes. We have a place for you on Wednesday nights at 630, so please come to that. Speaking of sisterhood, all the ladies in the house just wave at me. All the ladies, y'all look so lovely this morning. On Thursday, November 10th, November the 10th at 6 p.m. right here in the sanctuary, you're going to have a time of prayer and worship. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. My wife comes to that. And it's just time of refreshing. It's a time of the pre to be in the presence of the Lord with other, other women. And so please come as you are. You may have, have, have had a long day at work or, you know, you wanted to kill one of your kids. Regardless of what happens, please come and just encounter the presence of God because at that point you're going to need it. Just kidding, but it's a time of prayer for you to uplift each other, to encourage one another. And I you, I promise you, you won't miss out. You'll miss out if you don't come, but you're missing out on some, a true blessing. And it's just a time for our ladies to encourage one another. That's Thursday, November the 10th. Also, the Lifeline Luncheon is uh, November the 10th. That same day, it's a one-hour luncheon if you're interested in adoption. I don't know if you know this about our faith, but God chose us. He adopted us. That's chosen love. So if you're interested in adoption and uh, helping out with uh, just foster care and things like that, if you have any questions, this is a Christian adoption agency. It's going to give you info on how to start the adoption process. And it's an open lunch, but we need you to RSVP. So if you already had your phone out, you saw the QR code on the screen, I want to encourage you right now to please RSVP. We, we just need to make sure we have an accurate count for that luncheon. It'll be a time for you to uh, grow, get information, maybe even connect with some families and talk through what that looks like for you. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. Also, uh, we always mention this every week, but it's that important, social media. Please, if you're not following us on our social media platforms, you want to stay informed, we encourage you. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube. We have plenty of ways of outreach. But even right now, if you're in the room, we encourage you to share this service. I know you may think, well, Pastor Will, that doesn't make a difference. Yes, it does. Because if you knew how many people gave their life to Jesus, just by you take by hitting a share button, I promise you, there's, you'll meet people in heaven because you decided to share our services. So please follow us on social media. We also have the YouVersion Bible app. We want to encourage you to follow along with the sermon notes that Pastor Mark, uh, we just want to keep you informed of everything, but also just and challenge your faith for you to continue the discipleship process on a Monday. So please uh, download the YouVersion Bible app if you haven't as well. And I just want to encourage you to do that. Today's going to be a great day, amen? I said today's going to be a great day, amen? Well, now's the time where we get to give, and uh, I'm just so thankful that God has blessed my wife and I, and um, I just, I, don't, I never even take this moment for granted. I think we got the best church in the world. Can you give it up for our church? Your generosity, I'm so glad that we get to be here because of your faithfulness. And on the screen, you're going to see five ways to give, but I want to give you a missions update. And uh, because of your generosity, we were able to help start a Cuba Bible school down in Cuba. And uh, just this past year, uh, we have been able to provide pastoral school scholarships to 10 Cuban students who have been called by God to become pastors. Can you give yourselves a round of applause for your generosity? That's amazing. Because one of the things I want to add to that is we're not just discipling 
discipling people here locally. We're helping disciple people in Cuba, across the world, everywhere because of your generosity, and I thank you for that. So as we're getting ready to give, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and stand on your feet as you're getting your gift ready. And at this time, I'm also gonna ask our elders if they'll go to their various stations of prayer. And uh, we're gonna continue this act of worship. Our elders are gonna be at the exit sign on my left, your right, and on my right, your left on, on the bottom floor, and then another elder in the main balcony. And uh, we, we wanna combine this time of worship together because as we get ready to go back into this, I said it last week, we believe in a healing touch from God. We believe that he can do exceedingly abundantly more than we ask, think, or imagine. And we want you to, we want to partner with you in faith with our elders to pray with you. If you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your mind, you maybe want to stand in the gap for someone that needs a, a supernatural touch. But as we get ready to continue our act of worship, I ask as you're getting ready to go out of your seat, if you don't mind, if you'll go ahead and lift your hands like you're about to receive. And the reason we ask you to lift your hands, it's not just a sign of surrender. It's also saying, God, I give you this. I give you this. So if you don't mind right now as I get ready to pray and we go back into worship, put your hands out like this. And I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father, thank you so much for the people in this room. Father, I thank you for Dothan First. I thank you for their faith. I thank you for their generosity. And Father, I pray that as they give in tithes and offering, and as we give in our time and our voice, and we give worship back to you, Father, that you be with us as we get ready to bring glory to your name, because it's all about you in the first place. Father, we love you. We thank you. And today is going to be a great day in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's worship together. Thousand. 
Of all the fears that grip our hearts, no fear is greater than the fear of death. There are those who will tell you that death is a natural part of life. But if death is just a part of life, then why does it cause us such anger and sorrow? When God created humanity, he intended for us to grow more and more beautiful over time. But in one tragic moment, we unleashed sin into the world and everything broke, including our bodies. Death is the ultimate consequence of sin and it fills God's heart with anger and sorrow even more than it does ours because death was not a part of God's original plan. The Bible says that when Jesus approached the tomb of his friend Lazarus, he quaked with rage and his eyes filled with tears. He was overwhelmed by the suffering caused by death, a curse we had brought upon ourselves. Death's curse was physical. Both the world and our bodies were decaying. But death's curse was also spiritual, eternally separating humanity from their creator, the source of all light, love, and life. But because of God's amazing love, he chose to surrender all power and glory to rescue us from death. Jesus, God's only son, was expelled from the presence of the Father and thrust into complete darkness in our place. He took humanity's curse upon himself, breaking death's grip on us and purchasing humanity a place at the Father's side forever. A day is coming when the true king will return at last to restore the world to its full glory and us with it, renewing both soul and body. You'll still be yourself, but even more so. You'll finally be the real you. On that day, we'll look at each other and say, I always knew you could be like this. I saw glimpses of the real you, flashes of it, and now here you are. The future is not an ethereal, impersonal one. You're not going to float through the clouds. You're going to walk. You're going to eat. You're going to laugh. You're going to hug. You're going to sing in realms and degrees of power and joy that you cannot now imagine. Some will tell you not to fear death because it's part of life. But Jesus says not to fear death because it's been defeated. And the day will come 
when Jesus embraces you with his nail-scarred hands and says, Welcome home. I have so much to show you. Come on, isn't that going to be amazing when one day we get to heaven and see Jesus face to face? Come on, if you're excited about that. Oh man, that video gets me every time. Well, go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word. And if you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll gladly get you a Bible. Uh, we just want to make sure that God's promises are in your hands. But you can take out your smartphone or your tablet PC if you've got that. And the Bible in that, you can go to YouVersion app and we've got all of the notes in there. But if you would, grab your copy of God's Word. Say this with me. Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's Word, I'll receive God's Word, and I'll obey God's Word because I love His Word. Now make sure to turn to your neighbor, introduce yourself if you're sitting by someone you don't know, but also make sure that you give them a little compliment and make it sincere, okay? Tell them they look good. Uh, tell them, I don't know, you like their outfit. Come on, give them some kind of a positive compliment. It's always good to uh, have somebody compliment you when you're in the house of the Lord. And um, I... I, I uh, I hesitate to talk about sports this morning, but I'm going to choose to talk about baseball. <laughs> In Houston, they are celebrating uh, a, a World Series victory, and um, I did hear a story one time about a couple of retired baseball players. They were getting a little older, and they were arguing over if there was baseball in heaven. By, by the way, this is one of the first jokes that I've ever heard in church before when I was a little kid. My dad told this joke. I still remember it to this day. So this is as old and as dusty as it could possibly get, but it's by far one of my favorites because I remember it from a child. So these were two, two retired pitchers, these baseball players, were talking about and arguing over whether there was baseball in heaven. And of course, uh, one of them eventually dies, but there was a little clause that they had, uh, you must come back from heaven to tell us if there's base tell, tell me if there's baseball in heaven whichever one dies first so the one of them dies ends up in heaven sure enough he promises he'd come back and he did he came back to from from heaven to earth to tell this other retired pitcher whether there was baseball in heaven and sure enough he said there's good news and bad news he said the good news is there is for sure there's baseball up in heaven he said the bad news is you're scheduled to pitch next thursday so just be ready Right? As old as it gets right there, but I love it. It's one of my favorites. It's an oldie but a goodie. Colossians chapter 3. Let's look at it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to talk about what heaven is really like, right? We talk about heaven all the time, but we need to know what it really is going to be like. And here it is. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 says it like this. Since you've been raised to new life, in other words, since you've now become a Christian, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. In other words, what he's saying is, if you want to be a true believer, you need to focus or shift your focus on those things that are eternal. Another translation says it like this, let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. Listen, I got to tell you, I have a tendency, as a, even as a pastor, 
I have a tendency to worry about things down on earth. Now look, I love earth, okay? It's a broken planet filled with all kinds of problems, but I still kind of like it if I'm honest. There's some things about this earth that I enjoy, right? I enjoy hobbies and I enjoy activities. I enjoy the beauty of this earth, the, the mountains. When we go up to Pigeon Forge area, I, I love the mountains and the beauty and the majesty of the mountains and the eagles that fly over top of those mountains. I, I love the beach. We enjoy going to the beach and I like sitting there with thousands of others getting sunburned, right? I, I, I love uh, going ahead and, and waiting till it gets about, oh, seven o'clock sometimes uh, at the beach in particular where you can just see the sun setting. I like waking up early sometimes and watching the sunrise. I, I like looking at the beauty of the flowers as they bloom. I, I kind of like animals. I enjoy uh, looking at all of God's creation, the birds that fly and they've got their different colors. And I enjoy looking at the, the forest and going through uh, at, at Forever Wild Trail and go ahead and, and you know, drive through my, with my bike or walk through these beautiful picturesque spots where there's little waterfalls and uh, little creek beds. And I, I love it all. And as a matter of fact, I don't just like the things of this earth. There's like a handful of people I like too. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I, I, there's, there's people that I like here. I enjoy God's earth, God's creation, what he chose to make, even though this is a broken planet. But most Christians hardly think about heaven. And, and the reason that I think we often miss the significance of heaven is we've been sold a bill of goods. We, we, we've been sold on this faulty image of what heaven is going to be like. We watched a movie or we've seen it in some television show and like everything is colorless. Come on, somebody. We, we, we get this idea or this picture of, of heaven as something that it's not. We, we get around Valentine's Day and we see a bunch of chubby cherubs and we think that's what heaven's going to be like. I'm going to be up in heaven with a white robe with wings on my back and I'm going to become an angel and I'm going to fly around jumping from cloud to cloud with a bunch of other chubby cherubs playing a harp. Can I just tell you, that ain't heaven, that's hell. I'm just saying, like that would be bad news. That is not what the Bible says heaven is going to be like. It is more exciting, more amazing, more wonderful than you could ever dream or imagine. But I want to show you what the Bible says about what heaven truly is like. It's a real place. It's an actual, factual, literal place. And by the way, it's not a state of mind or a state of being. It's not where we're floating around in some sort of disembodied condition. Right? It's not where we sit around in what some people call nirvana, right? Where it's just nothingless, like some sort of dreamlike state. That's not what heaven is. It's, it's not intangible. It's not ethereal. It's not just a feeling. It's a real place. Matter of fact, the Bible states that there's things like trees up in heaven and streets up in heaven and water up in heaven and homes up in heaven. As a matter of fact, there's a number of scriptures that seem to indicate that there's actually animals up there. Now, I don't know if your pet Fido is going to make it or not. I, I have no clue. I, I know that people talk about whether animals have a soul and all that. other. But we don't know about that side. Your pet, look, I, there, I know not all dogs go to heaven because I've seen some vicious ones. I'm just saying, they, and <laughs> I know where they went. I'm just saying, 
And no cats, too. And I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. They had to be declawed. I'm just saying, if they made it to heaven, they had to be declawed. But, but it seems to indicate that the, the beauty of the initial earth that was created. Remember, God created the earth, and he, he put humans in paradise, this garden called the Garden of Eden. And there were animals there, and there were birds, and there was water, and there was trees. All these things teeming with life. And it seems to indicate that those t- we're not in outer space floating around alone somewhere. It is a true and amazing place. And we're going to have real physical bodies there. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 2, my father's ha- in my Father's house there are many mansions. Everybody say mansions. Man, you may not be able to afford one here on earth, but I'm telling you there's some in heaven, and the Bible talks about it. If it were not so, Jesus said, I would have told you. So what, what he's saying is this. Listen, he's saying you're calling Jesus a liar if you don't believe in heaven, a true place. It goes on to say, I go there to prepare a place, not for myself, Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place, what? For you, for you. Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy them and where thieves can't break in and steal them. Listen, I remember the day that my stereo was stolen out of my 1971 duster as a 17-year-old kid. I hardly forget that day. I felt so violated because somebody smashed my window and stole my stereo, and I was so mad about it. And somebody came up, one of the neighbors came up to me and said, man, isn't it good that people can't steal your joy? Joy is a choice. Man, I never forgot that. But there, there will be no thieves in heaven, right? There's not going to be any stealing. And here's the thing about that scripture that I think is so important. There is a reward system in heaven, and Lord willing, we'll be able to talk about that next week. That there's truly a reward system. Yes, there is salvation that is a free gift that we get by believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But there is additional things that God talks about where we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven based on the things that we do in this earthly body. So it's not just like we get saved and then we should be hit by a lightning bolt and go to heaven. That's not the end of the story, friends. It's, there's actually things that are going on in heaven that we're going to be a part of and we're going to get to enjoy the treasures, the treasures that we store up. Now, the Bible calls heaven the dwelling place of God or the house of God or the city of God, the city of the great king. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about it being truly a kingdom. Psalm 123, 1 says it like this, Lord, I look up to you in the heavens where you rule. So it's a prepared place where God rules. He's the king. And we get to live with him. It's made for us. Jesus said about 31 different times, it's called the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. So Jesus prepared heaven as a kingdom specifically designed for us to live with him there. Now, God not only designed earth, he designed heaven for us. Matthew 25, 34 says, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. What's an inheritance? Come on, you know what an inheritance is. It's It's when somebody dies And all that they've worked for, all that they've stored up gets given over to the kids. And all of that has been prepared in advance. Most of of you have a will. If you don't, you should. 
right? Why? Because those things that you've worked very hard or saved to earn, now you get to be able to uh, give to those in your family that you love. It's a stored up inheritance. It says this, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you. Everybody say prepared for you. The kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. So that means from the foundation or the creation of the world, heaven was being formed and fashioned for you. You guys know this. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Come on, the very first one, maybe one of the first scriptures you ever learned after John 3.16. Do you remember what it says? God, in the beginning, God created the, the what? The what? The heavens. He created the heavens and the earth from the foundation of the world that we would have not only a place to live in a temporary way, but also in an, in an eternal way. God prepared heaven for us. We weren't meant to live here forever. Thank God. Right? 80 to 100 years, we might be able to squeeze out of this body that we've got, but it's broken here on earth. Our bodies are broken. Our minds are broken. This world is broken by sin. And thank God we don't have to live here forever, but we do have a perfect place, an eternal place, a perfect place, a permanent place in heaven prepared just for us. And by the way, that was created out of the expression of God's love and God's heart for us. God tells us that the entire world would, was created and specifically people were created as an object of his love. He wanted a family, so he created you. That's how we got here. What an amazing expression of God's love. God says, I want to express my love, so I'm going to have children. By the way, that's what parents do, FYI. Don't mean to get into the bedroom here, but I'm just saying that's how kids are born, right? Right. You, you, if it's done in the right way, right, the, the, the biblical way, that, that a couple would fall in love and choose to vow to give themselves fully and totally to each other, and then, right, after the honeymoon and they get home and uh, they just prepare and decide this is the direction we want to go. We want to try to have kids. What? Out of the object of their love, those kids become the object of their love. Right? Oh, come on. Now, I, you are not talking nearly as loud as I anticipated, uh, especially when I talked about something that so many of you... Anyway, I'm just not, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We're eternal beings. He made human beings so that, as Pastor Will said so eloquently a few moments ago, to adopt us into his family, to bring us close to himself. Ephesians 1.5 says it like this, his unchanging plan, right? This is, by the way, P.S., God had this plan in mind. He knew that when he created human beings and he gave them a free will to choose, that they may choose something other than a perfect way. And it says that he had an unchanging plan. He had something prepared in advance so that we could be with him for eternity. It says his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us. Everybody say adopt us. <laughs> Into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to. Friends, it was God's pleasure to create you. He loved you so much with an everlasting love. How many of you know, as parents, I don't know how many of you were in the delivery room at the moment, and there may have been screaming and chaos while that child was being uh, born out of labor, right? But once that child was born, takes his, his or her first breath, 
cries out. Man, I don't know about you, but all, I was in the delivery room for all three of our children being born, and I, I cried like a little child. I did. I, did. I lost it. I lost it. I, I don't like to tear up over lots of stuff, okay? That, that's, I, don't, I don't like crying over a whole bunch of stuff. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, when that moment happened, it was like, it was life-changing for me. And I remember my parents trying to explain to me what it was going to be like to be a parent before I was a parent. How many of you know you cannot explain the unexplainable? But do you remember the joy that you felt? That was the joy that God had when he created us. And there's a word for God's family defined in 1 Timothy 3.15. It says, God's family is the church. You're his family. We are family. We are family. Come on, somebody. We're family. I had to wake somebody up in the back. I just, sometimes I got to do what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? Falsetto, just throw that mix in there. Got to do what I got to do, you know? <laughs> We're family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. As a matter of fact, a Christian, listen, a Christian without a spiritual family, a church family, is like a spiritual orphan. They, they have a mom and dad, but they're, they're not connected with brother and sister. And it's so important. That's why we've created the grow track so that you can feel that connectivity to a local church, our local church in specific. But I just need to tell you, I am friends with so many pastors in this city. They have different personalities. They have different ways of doing ministry at their churches. Their services are different, uh, each one from, from another. But we're family. Friends, we're family in the body of Christ. I don't care what it says on the outside sign in, in your church. If you love Jesus Christ, lift him up. If Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord and God the Father is your Father, that means he's my Father too. We're brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Are you following this? We're family. 1 Peter 1, 4 says it like this. God is reserved for his children, talking about us, the family of God, for his children's children, a priceless inheritance. So it's not just like something that you would get from mom or dad when they pass away. This is something more significant than that, a priceless inheritance. You can't put a price on it. The gift of eternal life, it's kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change or decay. So that means, listen, there may be some things in this world that you've worked really hard for and paid for, like a car or a house, and those things decay, right? They, they end up wearing out. They end up not working. And as much as you work so hard to get that thing, it ends up decaying. But the Bible says those things that you've put forth on this earth to glorify God, you'll receive those treasures back in heaven and they will not wear out. They're not going to decay. They're not going to change. Another analogy in scripture talks about us being the bride of Christ. And it's like God is setting up home for his bride. So what is heaven? What is it? It's a place. It's a prepared place for his family to spend eternity with him. Ephesians 1 says it like this. By the way, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. I feel like it's so important that you see it in the scriptures with your own eyes. Because as I said before, Hollywood hasn't gotten it right. And we need to look and see what the Bible says about heaven. Ephesians 1.10 says it like this. This is God's purpose. When the time was right. He'll gather us together from wherever we are in heaven, those who are, have already died, and then those who haven't died yet, talking about those of us here left on the earth when the rapture takes place. It says, to be with Christ forever. Now, let me stop and say this. I'm going to review from last week. 
There's two places in eternity, two eternal and literal factual, actual places. One is heaven and one is hell. I talked about that the last couple of weeks specifically about hell and what it's going to be like there. And now we're talking about heaven and what it's going to be like there. But let me just tell you, friends, the decision you make on this earth and who you worship determines where you end up going for eternity. Either heaven or hell. And you get to choose which door you walk through, right? It's, it's my way or God's way. Hebrews 13, 14 says it like this. For this world is not our permanent home. Thank God for that. We are looking forward. Everybody say looking forward to a home yet to come. Look, regardless of what the song says, ooh, heaven is a place on earth, it ain't. (laughs) It just is not. The world is not my home. We're passing through. This is not my eternal home. Listen, heaven is a place designed for you for eternity, and you need to understand the significance of it. You get 80 years here, you get billions and trillions of years there. You better make a choice of where you're going to go. Psalm 53 verse 2 says it like this. God looks down from heaven at people here on earth to see if there are any who are wise and who worship him. He's looking for wise people that worship him. It's all over who you worship. Now, we don't exactly know how God made heaven exactly. We know bits and pieces of it. And we definitely don't know exactly where. We know it's up. It's, it's outside of earth. It's, it's, we know supposedly where somewhat, but we really don't know where exactly heaven is. But we do know the way, right? John said it like this. John 14, Jesus said, I am the way. Everybody say the way. He's the way, the truth, the life. The Bible says no one can come to the Father except through him. Romans 3, let's look at this, verse 22. But now God has shown a different way to heaven. Not by being good enough, right? You can never earn it. You'll never deserve it. We can never go and be perfect enough to get to a perfect heaven. It says, and trying to keep his laws, but by a new way. Though not really new, for the scriptures told us about it long ago. Now God has said he will accept us. Look at this. And acquit us. Declare us not guilty. Everybody say not guilty. If, here's the condition. If we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we can all be saved in the same way by coming to Christ no matter who we are or what we've been like. What's heaven really like? This is the question everybody asks. What's it really like? Well, the Bible says it's a mystery. Job 11 kind of defines it by saying this. Can you understand the mystery surrounding God all-powerful? Are they, uh, high, they are higher than the heavens and deeper than the grave. So what can, uh, or what can you do when you know so little? And these mysteries outreach the earth and the ocean. Like I said, it was impossible for my parents to describe to me what it was like to be a parent or what I would feel like when that first child was born. It was indescribable. But I remember trying to ask my wife what it was like when I would see her belly moving all around when she was carrying each one of our kids. I mean, I could tell Griffin was going to be a soccer player right away because he was was just karate in that belly. And I was watching. It was like an alien inside her body. Like, it was so crazy. I'm just being honest as a dad. It was so weird to watch her belly, like, shift all the way around. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Mm. 
God made women to get pregnant and not men. Because I don't think we'd have any kids on the earth if we carried. I'm just saying. You women are brave and strong. I'm just saying. But she, I try to ask her, like, what, what's it like? Like, what's it like? And she tried to, like, describe it, but it's, it's, it's indescribable. I've tried to ask people who have grandkids, like, what's it really like? Like, it, you know, should I stay around on this earth long enough to have grandkids? I, I've talked to so many grandparents, they're like, oh, you have no idea. You thought it was great to have kids. It is so good to have a grandchild. They like look like you and talk like you and they've got all these great personality traits and they're just so awesome in all the, the, the things that they do. And then when they like mess up and make mistakes or get loud or get cranky or have a full diaper, you give them back. That's awesome. <laughs> That's worth the wait. <laughs> Grandkids, one day, I'll figure out what that's like. But I've heard that it's indescribable. Some things you can't explain, you just have to experience. And heaven is going to be more fulfilling, more beautiful, more exciting than you could ever imagine. All the art that's been uh, you know, drawn or painted to show us what heaven's going to be like, doesn't touch it. Every song that's ever written doesn't touch it. All the books that have been written, all the movies that have been produced, there's nothing that's describing heaven. There's nothing that compares to it. 1 Corinthians 2 9 says it like this No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has ever even imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Listen, I got a pretty good imagination. I can think up some pretty cool stuff. And even the things I'm about to talk to you about, it's small explanations. Imagine the greatest thing you could ever think of in all your life. I have a bucket list, I hope you do too, things that you want to accomplish on this earth before you die, and I've got a big old bucket list, and there's a whole lot of stuff that I've done, and a whole lot of stuff that I'll add to it before I die, Lord willing, but I'm saying I got a lot on that bucket list that I've already accomplished, different times that I've traveled, and different places that I've gone, different sites that I've seen, and different things that I've experienced, and uh, man, mountain climbing and rappelling and swimming with sharks and stingrays and just anything I could think, jumping out of airplanes, anything I could think of that could be close to taking my life without taking my life. Just saying, like anything that's a rush, man, I'm totally down with it. I love it. And I've got a lot of that. But here's heaven. Heaven is like beyond my imagination, which means I got to take like the top hundred experiences on my bucket list that I've accomplished and all the feelings of adrenaline that I felt in those moments, whether it was a, a hitting a game-winning shot or whatever it was in my lifetime that I've been able to enjoy. And I got to take all those top hundred experiences, multiply it by a billion, and then I'll barely get the idea of how great heaven's going to be. There's important information about heaven. You need to know that you get a new body. As I said, I enjoy some craziness in my life, and at times it caused me a little bit of pain just because of injuries and different things, and many of you know that uh, I used to race BMX bikes, and even when I got here about five years ago, six years ago, uh, I was still racing here in Dothan and enjoyed that for a while, but when I was like 35 years old, I broke my neck uh, just doing silly, stupid stuff, okay, on a BMX bike. And um, so since then, I've had a lot of back and neck issues, and 
um, so I go to the chiropractor, and uh, Dr. Scott has, has helped me tremendously over these past number of years. And when I started talking about uh, and reading about the new body that we get in heaven, I just thought it would be really cool if uh, one of my doctors came up here and read the passage of Scripture that tells us a little bit more about those things that we'll receive specifically, new bodies in heaven. So Dr. Scott, would you come up here and uh, come on, give it up for Dr. Scott as he comes up here. Yeah. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you doing this, man. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah. And let me say about this guy, man, he, he is one people to Jesus in ways that I never thought possible. And uh, some of you are actually here in this church because of his influence and he and his wife. So thank you for that. I love going into the... Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, it's a joy. It's a real joy. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. Well, read to us a little bit about what heaven's going to be like. Yes, sir. It's going to be quite glorious. Yeah. Uh, for we know that when this tent we live in is now taken down, when we die and leave these bodies, we will have wonderful new bodies in heaven, homes that will be ours forever, made for us by God himself and not by human hands. How weary we grow of our present bodies, that is why we look forward eagerly to the day when we shall have heavenly bodies that we shall put on like new clothes. For we shall not be merely spirits without bodies. These earthly bodies make us groan and sigh, but we wouldn't like to think of dying and having new bodies at all. We want to slip into our new bodies so that these dying bodies will, as it were, be swallowed up by everlasting life. This is what God has prepared for us, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Now we look forward with confidence to our heavenly bodies, realizing that every moment we spend in these earthly bodies is time spent away from our eternal home in heaven with Jesus. We know these things are true by believing not by seeing, and we are not afraid, but are quite content to die, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So let me just stop and say this. How incredible is it going to be when all the aches and all the pains and all the chronic illness that we've suffered with and dealt with and some of you have had to deal with and suffer with, how many of you thank God we're not going to have to deal with that anymore with our Absolutely. new bodies? Amen? Yes, sir. Amen. Thank you so much, God. Love you. Bless you, my friend. Thank you so much, doctor. I thank God for the help that I've received with the issues with my neck and back, but I won't have to deal with that kind of chronic pain ever again in heaven. Let me keep reading. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35, 40, 42 through 44. Some of you have asked, how will the dead be raised to life? And here's what some of you have asked. What kind of bodies will we have? Well, kind. It's going to be really fun to see you in heaven, right? Some of you that have struggled with your weight all your life. I mean, you're going to be looking so good. I, I, I'll only know you by your personality, right? Like, there's some of you that are just, listen, those things that you think are imperfections in you here on earth will be changed, transformed, he says, so what will we have? What kind of bodies will we have? Everything in the heavens has a body. So does everything on earth. 
But each one is very different from the others. That's how it will be when our bodies are raised to life there in heaven. These bodies will die, but the bodies that are raised will live forever. These, look at this. (laughs) I hate to even say it. These ugly (laughs) and weak bodies. How did he know? I don't know how he knew that, but these ugly and weak bodies will become beautiful and strong. These are bodybuilder bodies right here. As sure as there are physical bodies, there are spiritual bodies, and the physical bodies will be changed into spiritual bodies. Come on, man. Now, you're not going to be a God, and you're not going to be an angel in heaven. You're going to be a human being in heaven, but you're going to have a heavenly body without sickness. No more sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, fever. Right? (laughs) No more nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset, stomach, diet verticulitis. I I just, there's not going to be any of that. Come on, somebody. That's good news right there. The Bible says that just as each of us has a body like Adam's human body, they're talking about the first in creation, in heaven we'll have a body like Christ's. What was Christ's body like? Well, we saw it when he was resurrected, when he rose from the dead. The Bible says that he walked around. He did walk through some walls, which is kind of cool, right? However he was able to do that is pretty awesome. We'll get to do that. We'll have that ability, right? He ate food, which is awesome. He got to eat. There'll be eating in heaven, the marriage supper of the Lamb. The Bible talks about that. It it says that we're going to have a huge party, a celebration in heaven, and it's going to be food galore, which is awesome. Listen, uh, my family went to a million-dollar wedding uh, last week, and I, I can just tell you, nothing will come even close to the, what they saw at that wedding. Nothing will be like that here on earth that we've ever seen when it gets to talking about heaven and what it's going to be like. It's going to be incredible. Revelation 7, verse 16 says, they'll never again be hungry or thirsty. They'll never be scorched by the heat of the sun. Basically, what he's saying is all your needs will be met. When you eat, it'll be for pleasure. No calories, no weight gain. Come on, somebody. Your stomach doesn't growl in heaven. You won't get fat in heaven. Come on, somebody. Perfect bodies, no sickness, no disease. It says you'll be out of the scorching heat. No more sunscreen, no more sunburns. Come on, somebody. No more dehydration. No more sun-damaged skin anymore. Ladies, no more hot flashes. Come on, somebody. Man, look, I, look, I got to say, thermostats on this earth. I mean, thank God in, in certain cars they have air conditioning where, uh, or heat where you can literally put the heat on, on one side of the car and air conditioning on the other side of the car. And thank God for that because we, my wife and I have been traveling at different times of our life. And I got to say, I got to thank God for that invention because I will turn the heat on 90 while she's putting it on 60 in the car. Uh, but it, our thermostat at home is a different thing. Like you touch the thermostat, it affects everything and everybody. And I'm just saying, one day I won't have to worry about that. Because I often defer to my spouse because I'm a good husband. Right? I'm a good husband. Okay. Just had to ask. I'm a good husband, right? (laughs) 
How can, we, how can we, on this earth, we marry people that are either way hotter than us or way colder than us? And I know why I married somebody way hotter than me, just saying. Anyway, oh, come on, that was way funnier than you gave me credit for. That was pretty good right there, off the cuff. <laughs> Every one of us will be completely satisfied, no more sickness or sadness or suffering. Revelation seven seventeen says it like this, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Psalm 56 says, listen, the, the tears that you've cried, God captures them. He carries them. Why? Because he keeps record of your pain. When you have pain, when you hurt, when you go through crisis and trial and turmoil, God sees it. He knows it. He doesn't like it. And he carries those pains with himself. He carries your pain. No more sickness, sadness, suffering. No more broken hearts. No more rejection. You that are younger, nobody else is going to break up with you in heaven. Right? Nobody's going to dump you in heaven. Come on, somebody. That's not, that's not bad. No more rejection. No more loneliness. No more sorrow. No more depression. No more grief or heartache or pain or loss. Eternity without sadness, grief, or depression ever again. Those of you that are carrying grief because of the loss of a loved one, friends, you won't have to ever carry that again. Why? Because there's no funerals in heaven. Thank God for that. There's no more death in heaven. There's no more depression in heaven. Those of you who have battled depression, friends, there's no more chemical imbalances in heaven. There's no more mood swings in heaven. Come on. This is great news, guys. God gives us eternal joy. How is it possible that there's no sickness or sorrow or suffering? Because, friends, there's no sin in heaven. And if our worship team would come as we prepare to close, that's why. That's why there's no sadness and suffering and sorrow, because there's no sin. How does that happen? Well, Jude 1, 24 says, God will bring you sinless and perfect into his glorious presence with mighty shouts of everlasting joy. Another translation says it like this, God will bring you into his glorious presence, innocent of all of our sin with great joy. Last week, I reminded you that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made decisions that were imperfect. But heaven is a perfect place, and I'm not, and you're not. So how does imperfect people get into a perfect place? God made a perfect way to get into heaven. The Bible said that he sent Jesus Christ, his son, to die on the cross for our sins. And the Bible says that he took our sin upon himself. He inflicted his body with our sin. That's why you go through all the pain and the suffering. Why? Because there's sin in this world. It broke the genetic code. It broke our DNA. And Jesus took all of that on himself. And he said, I'm going to be the perfect sacrifice because he came to this earth, lived a sinless life. He's the only one that ever did it that way. And then when he died, he took upon himself, his body, our sin, our shame. And he said, I'm going to make you perfect in place of all the sin and shame and guilt that you've carried. Friends, there's not going to be shame and guilt in heaven. Why? Because when we get there, we will have the righteousness of God. 
We'll walk in the newness of life. When we see Jesus face to face, when we see God face to face, we become like him, transformed into his image. Mind, soul, body, everything is new. Everything is changed, friends. When you get that mentality, when you get that picture, when you understand how great heaven is going to be like, all the troubles of this earth start to fade away because you know it's just temporary. You know you're just passing through. When you go through the junk and the problems and you see all the world's issues and you start to stress out and you go, wait a minute, why am I getting so stressed about these things on earth? Heaven is so much greater and it's going to be forever. I don't know about you, but if you're anything like me, the older you get, the sweeter heaven becomes. I got a few friends and relatives in heaven. And when I think about on this earth, I start to tear up a little bit because I I love those people. Some of my friends, I did their funerals. They died in their prime. Strong people, relatively healthy people getting into accidents. Other friends of mine that in chemical-induced states took their own lives. Others that are family members that went home to be with Jesus and I miss them on this earth all the time. Grandparents and parents and siblings that we've lost. But in the process of dealing with the grief, there's something about the Bible's interpretation of grief here on this earth when you know Jesus Christ. It says we don't grieve like those who have no hope. And friends, I I don't know what you're walking through, what you're facing or what you're dealing with today, but I want you to know, friends, it's temporary. That's why the Bible calls it light and temporary afflictions because on this earth, we do have some trouble. On this earth, we do have some pain. But the Bible says, and Jesus said, when you go through tribulation, look up for your redemption draws near. Heaven is close. And I don't know what moment I'm going to stop breathing on this earth and take my first breath in heaven, but I know it's going to be sweet and I'm ready. And I want you to be ready too. Look, friends, I I don't know what tomorrow holds for you. I don't want to pretend that I know what that's going to be like. I mean, hopefully we all live to a ripe and old age and around here, uh, you know, 80 to 100 is a ripe old age. And I would thank God if all of us make it to be 100, but there's another process that we talked about earlier that says those who have died in Christ, right? He, he takes them, but there's a part that he talks about those of us that'll be part of a catching away. And that'll be when Jesus Christ comes back for his bride, us, his saints who are still alive. And I want you to make it. I want you to make it to heaven. I don't want you to miss the eternal glory that I just discussed. And by the way, next week, Lord willing, I'll tell you what we're going to be doing in heaven because I think that's important as well. But I figured I better describe it first so that I'll get people to want to go because it's better than you ever imagined. A dear friend of mine that passed away, he had uh, been married only a few years and he was a year older than me and he died in a pretty tragic accident he was uh, diving, doing, doing he, was, he loved to dive ever since he was young and he'd done some diving exercises with this specialized equipment and uh, he ended up 
uh, at, under, underneath the coral reef and uh, his body couldn't surface and he got knocked out and tragically died. But before he passed away, he, he was part of a drama that we had done probably 30 years ago now called Heaven Gates, Hell's Flames. And in that drama, he was one of those that was an actor. And his job was he was going to run up those, that eternal staircase that was kind of uh, chosen. And he ran up and, and what he did was he looked into heaven and then he turned around and he, he turns and he, here was his line. It's better than I ever imagined. And I took that video excerpt where he dramatized his performance and I played that at his funeral. And I looked at them almost uh, 30 years ago now like I'm looking at you. And I'm saying if any one of our relatives that know Jesus and have died and gone to be with Jesus could come back and talk to you right now, they would look you in the eyes and they would say, it's better than you ever imagined. It's better than you ever dreamed. And it's well worth the problems and the pain and the crisis and the turmoil and the trials that we face on this earth. It's better than you ever dreamed. Don't miss heaven. And the Bible says you don't have to. For he made a way. He says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. Would you bow your heads with me all over this place? I don't want you to miss heaven. And today, I don't want to try to (laughs) coerce or manipulate a moment. But I want to invite you into a decision, an eternal decision. It's the decision that you make on earth that determines your eternity. And so in this moment, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed and nobody else is looking around, you get the opportunity to close yourself in with Jesus right now and between you and God to make peace with him and to follow the biblical pattern of salvation. The first step is acknowledgement that we admit we need a savior. I can't save myself. I haven't done enough good deeds to make it to heaven on my own. I haven't been perfect enough to make it. But today, you can establish Jesus as Lord by believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You can receive forgiveness as you confess him Lord and as you confess your sins, the Bible says you'll be saved So today in this room, I'm asking, I'm inviting every one of you within the sound of my voice and those watching online to make an eternal choice right now to make Jesus their Lord. So if that's you in this room, no matter what category you happen to fit in, no matter what sin you've committed, listen, it's not about hierarchies of sin here, friends. It's about an eternal destination. We've all sinned and fallen short. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to do this. If you would just simply slip up your hand and indicate by your raised hand, Mark, include me in this prayer right now. I want to make that eternal decision to make Jesus Christ my Lord. For some of you, it may be a willful commitment, a first-time decision. Others of you, it may be a rededication prayer, and that's okay too. Either one of those is just fine. Maybe you've been a believer for years, but you know there's just been sin that's separating you from God and and you need to to reevaluate in this moment. And then 
rededicate your life to him. But whatever your category is, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you acknowledge Jesus. Be Lord of my life. Forgive my sins. I'm just going to count to three, giving you an opportunity to prepare to make that decision. And on that third count, I'm going to invite you to slip up your hand. And as you do, I'm going to acknowledge that you're raising your hand. God, God sees your hand as you lift it today. That willful decision right now on the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, lift it up all over this place. Yes, God bless you. Two, three, four, five, six. Yes, God bless you. The balcony, yeah. On the main floor, God bless you. Eight, nine, God bless you. So many hands that have gone up. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Friends, the willful decision on earth, it requires conversation with God. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And and the reason I'm going to lead you in a prayer, some people don't know how to pray. But what I'm about to say isn't like some magical, mystical thing. It's biblical. I just want to lead you in a prayer and it leads you into relationship with Jesus. It it helps you make peace with God. So here's what I'm going to invite you to do. All over this place, whether you raise your hand or not, I want everyone in this room to repeat this prayer out loud after me. And I want you to say it like you mean it out loud. You ready? Let's pray to the, the God who created us. Are you ready? Here we go. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can you put your hands together and celebrate all over this house for those who made a decision to follow Christ? We honor you. We support you today. I'm going to invite our ushers if you'd come. And those of you who did not receive these communion elements, would you just raise up your hands and wave at these who are our uh, ushers today? They've got these communion elements. It's got juice and a cracker in there, a wafer. If, uh, if you just wave at them as they walk by right now, come on. If that's you, just make sure you get all, all that, that would like to have the communion elements. We got one right over here, up toward the front. Here you go, right over here. Yeah, and then uh, anybody else? Yeah, we just don't wanna miss anybody. Don't worry, we won't miss you. All right, we wanna make sure everybody receives today. If you'll flip over the the cup and just remove that top to expose the, 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 the wafer, the cracker here. This, these are elements. These are simply symbols or representations of what God did for us when he sent Jesus Christ to this earth. And the Bible says when he was with his disciples on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body which was broken for you. He says, take this and as you do, do it in remembrance of me. So what we want to do is remember what God did for us by sending Jesus Christ. We want to remember that Jesus, his body was broken because ours was to be made whole. So let's receive this bread by faith.
Now, if you flip that cup over and just pull back the top, as you remove it, we're going to prepare to receive the juice. And after they took the bread, he took the cup and he lifted it up. He said, this is my blood, which is a picture of a new covenant. We get a new way because of Jesus. We don't have to live in our sin anymore. We don't have to live in our shame and our guilt anymore. Why? Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ came that we might be saved fully, totally. And it was by the blood that he spilled that we could have freedom and that we could have heaven. So let's receive this juice by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can you stand up all over this place and begin to worship the King together? Come on, let's worship God. Let's celebrate what Jesus did on the cross for us. Come on. to go, we would be reminded that we're your representatives, and we get to represent your goodness, your love, your grace, and your mercy. Help us to represent you well. In just a moment, I'm going to release you with a blessing, but I'm going to ask for some of our leadership team, if you'll make your way toward our guest reception, and some of those who are greeters, I'm going to release them as well so they can greet you on the way out today. But on the way out, you'll notice just through those doors and to your left, there's a guest reception available for those that are first time here today or those who've been here for a little bit but you've never had the chance to meet us. We'd, we'd love to meet you and just shake your hand and give you a gift for hanging out with us. We'd be so just honored to be able to do that. And for those watching online, we hope and pray we get the opportunity to meet you someday soon. Uh, I've had some that have said they've been watching for years but haven't had the chance to be here physically. I'd love to meet you in person. But for those of you who would like to sign up to be a part of our grow track that'll help you in the journey of faith, it's the pathway toward membership and ministry. You can do that using the QR code or using that physical, that uh, we got a connect card there in the seat pocket in front of you. If you need to share a testimony of what God's done in your life, we want to know about that. There's been lots of healing miracles that have taken place here, and we'd be just delighted to know that. You have, may have a prayer request. You may be going through some tough stuff, and we want to know how we can help. If you want to take the next step after salvation, it's baptism. And we'd love to partner with you in that journey and let you be baptized. We'd celebrate you around here. Or you have a child to be dedicated. We'd be honored to dedicate that child and make that part of our celebration in a service like this. 
But if you made a decision today to make Jesus your Lord, I'm going to invite you to do this. Either take that Connect card and fill that out and let us know you made that decision, or take out your smartphone and text D1WALK to the number 84576. We want to help you in your journey of faith. Here's what we'll do. We'll send you a quick link of a downloadable copy of a booklet called One to One. It's a free booklet. We just want to help you in the journey of faith, and it's a biblical pathway to help you in the journey of faith. And then join us on Wednesdays and on Sundays. Partner with us in Feed Dothan, which is the boxes are right outside waiting for you. If you want to take a box and fill that out, bring it back so we can feed families during the Thanksgiving season. We'd be so honored to partner with you to reach people in this city for Jesus Christ. Well, now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your hearts and declare, you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many as you possibly can, to your family and friends and coworkers, your kids, grandkids, your spouse. I bless you to bless your family and bless this city with the love of Jesus Christ. Now may you go with that love and may Christ be magnified in you. I bless you to magnify Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Did you get anything out of today? Hey, I pray you did. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. You're dismissed.